From the Cervera Newsroom in sunny Miami, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast, your home for expert insight on all things Miami real estate. I'm your host, Omar DeWint. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Omar DeWint. Today, we are answering one question and one question alone. Why is downtown Miami the new destination to live, work, and play? Joining me for that conversation is the one and only Alice Robertson, head of the Miami Downtown Development Authority. Alice, thanks for coming. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, it's, uh, it's our pleasure, and this is actually, I didn't mention this to you yet, this is our first recording in our new uh, newsroom studio, so thank you for uh, helping us take... Uh, take this one out of the gate. I'm glad to be here for its maiden voyage. Yes, right? We're at the helm. So, Alice, uh, before we get into the question on why downtown Miami, first I'd like to, uh, if you would, for our listeners, um, give us a little bit of background on yourself and your role with the the DDA, specifically what the DDA's uh, main charter is uh, here in the city. Well, I'm a government professional, and I have been for almost 40 years now. I know I don't look that old, but, you know, uh, um, but I've been working in um, quality of life and um, environmental issues and other kinds of things for uh, most of my career. And I've been at the Downtown Development Authority now for about 10 years. And what we've done, you know, at, at, when I came to the DDA, I was at the height of the, the Great Recession, and there was very little to sell about downtown. The DDA itself is a... Um, a business development and economic development engine for the for downtown Miami and so one of the things that we did you know when we first when I first got to the DDA is look around and say well it's kind of hard to sell a downtown that's kind of tired looking and sad so we put a lot of energy into the quality of life planting trees getting rid of graffiti and and um, you know making it look a lot better in downtown Miami that's excellent. And so now the, the DDA, I know there's various different um, co- uh, committees and, and sort of uh, sectors that you're focusing on. It's everything from outdoor spaces, as you mentioned, to dining, residential, I imagine, right? Technology. We recently had Philippe um, on the show talking about Miami as a tech hub. So then I, I guess, what, why don't you tell me what are some of the um, greatest changes that you've seen throughout downtown Miami since, since you joined and specifically in in regards to population and demographics. So when when I first started with the DDA, um, the story was that all the condos were empty, that all the condos that got built, the 23,000 that got built during the boom, were empty. And so we did a study, and one of the other sides of the DDA is we provide information out to the community, um, and people who want information about downtown Miami can access a lot of the, you know, how many condos, how many rental units, what's going on. So what what we saw, uh, we put out a, a occupancy report. And back in 2009, we had approximately 62% ox- occupancy, mm-hmm. which wasn't as great, you know, but, but it was better than 50%. That's kind of the, right. you know. That's uh, where things get tricky at 50%? Well, yeah, because then it is half empty, you sure. know, so. So what we we did is we got that word out, mm-hmm. and we got people to know that is no, it's not empty. And we found that a lot of people, especially young people, were interested in moving into downtown because they could get a great deal um, on a rent, rental of a condo unit, and they had all these new amenities and other things because they're brand new buildings. 
And during the recession, we actually saw our uh, retail businesses grow because they were catering to a new com uh, customer, the mm -hmm. young millennial, if, if you will. Sure. Um, so like we saw uh, increases in restaurants. We saw increases in foot traffic. Um, we started putting on a concert series so that people would stay in downtown every night, you know, on Friday nights. Um, and that was very successful at keeping some of the people. Um, and what we saw is that after about five years of doing our concert series, we didn't need to do that anymore because other people were doing it for us, that there were so many, the, the population had grown. Um, we stopped doing our occupancy study after about five years because the population was uh, was at 92% wow. occupancy. So from 2009 at 62%, then within five years, you were up over 90%. Right. That's amazing. And do we know uh, today, as of 2018, generally what the, the population is? Well, or occupancy? We well the occupancy, I, we haven't done that measure, but we have about 92,000 residents now, mm -hmm. up from 39,000 residents. Wow. So and, it's booming. And it's continuing to grow. And what's happening now, too, is that we're their rental units are being built in the market so that we're getting different kinds of housing stock. So it's not just once, you know, the luxury market, but it's also, you know, like throughout um, the different levels of income. But generally speaking, it's a younger crowd. Our, our demographic is uh, from 25 to 44. And so that responds with more restaurants and more bars and kind of entertainment venues and other things. Of course. And I think one of the most interesting aspects of the study you all did earlier this year was that in addition to that increase in that age demographic, you're also seeing a lot of new families in downtown, which is something that probably most people wouldn't think of when they uh, originally when they thought of downtown Miami. Right. And then it, what what we did add is a big push for schools because it wasn't a big place for, for, in fact, some of the schools had to become magnet schools uh, because they needed additional population. Now, in Brickell, um, you know, you're seeing that there's families and other kinds of things, so more demand for uh, K through eight and, and also for high schools. So that we have a big push to help bring the education levels up in, in downtown. Absolutely. And so education is, is, a, is a key part of when you, you think of a world-class city and sort of the lifestyle that you need for a live, work, play, the dining, as you mentioned, entertainment. But one of the other things about Miami that's super interesting is that it's sort of evolved into this mecca for arts and culture. Uh, how has that happened, tell me, in, in, in the last few years, and what role does that play in downtown's evolution? So we have a, a, several of the major institutions in this community in downtown Miami uh, with the Adrian Arsh Center for the Performing Arts, the Perez Art Museum, um, and now Frost. But we also have the Freedom Tower, which, you know, people don't think about it, but the, the, that is also a, a museum. That's true. I often forget about that. And um, Young Arts, mm -hmm. which is... Um, a great program, a national program, where uh, it's taking young talent and bringing it into and training them through Young Arts Week. So we, we have some of the major institutions. One of the things that uh, the DDA did is start a program called uh, Art Days. And okay. for a weekend, we highlight those art programs that are in downtown and bring in our locals because it's before 
the big Art Miami, Art Basel week, and, and locals can con- and do can come and enjoy it. Families, we had a you know kite making contest and other kinds of things that um, children could get involved in. So that family orientation is also there. Absolutely, and so uh, in terms of well, the families, you know, the the draw there is 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 apparent. But the, what about in terms of tourism? How does the uh, arts and culture? Uh, impact positively the the tourist sector in downtown Miami. So back in, t- in 2010, we had about three million visitors to downtown. Um, now uh, there's more than 5.4 million uh, wow. tourists in downtown, and we've added hotel rooms and uh, the kinds of uh, attractions that are there. Actually, one of the uh, so the arts. Um, you can get to the arts venues on the Metro Mover. I love the Metro Mover, by the way. <laughs> oh, it, it is great. And, you know, you see, speaking of tourists, you see so many tourists on the Metro Mover. It's it's free. You get a, it's like uh, introductory to downtown. Right. It's just a loop around downtown. Uh, you can get to Brickle. You can get to the um, the arts and entertainment area. Yep. So, no, it, it's a, a great addition to... Uh, I tell everybody about it whenever I can, you know, just just because it's uh, it's I, I see it as a great value. And while I have... So sidebar, I've been known to do this a lot, but sidebar, uh, I hear that there's potential plans to expand the Metro Mover um, destinations up through Wynwood and maybe, maybe even down to the beach. Uh, do you know anything about that? Um, there's considering... Well, a, very, a big priority is to connect... Miami Beach to downtown uh-huh. Miami and you know there have been several proposals right now they're being studied as far sure. as we then that's one of part of the smart plan that the county has put together um, we we support any new public transportation methods that you can get you there um, there is a link to Winwood now through the trolley system right and and the trolley is also free mm-hmm. um, and so for people who um, want to get around downtown, we actually on our website do have getting around downtown. Um, how, do, how do you get to the different places? Sure. Metro Mover, the trolley, which is the different places. So um, I'm glad you mentioned that. We'll put the link to your website in the show notes as well for those of you that want to access that. So, so it is um, a, a very easy place to park your car and and go around on public transportation so so what we find is that our, our tourists are you know going to the restaurants and you know taking their their loop around downtown on the metro mover um then going to the art museum or the frost museum and you know so this this is like a destination that we didn't traditionally have in downtown miami sure and I think the the Metro Mover and and um, the trolley system and whatnot sort of is uh, helping obviously the the traffic um, situation that often uh, can be raised as a concern by you know by uh, those that think there is uh, too much of a traffic congestion let's say but these are obviously amazing options to make it a, a more carless friendly city right right and what we're trying to do is make downtown a more walkable city. You know, wider sidewalks, um, areas like where, um, in this time of year, it's it's spectacular. You know, Absolutely. like the, the weather is just great. Summertime, eh, it's a little warm, but um, but to make it more walkable and sustainable, so that you don't have to be in your car all the time. And so, the the traffic issues. Well, 
the, the flip side is no traffic, and then that means you have a dead downtown. So. Right. I, I always say to people, I mean, when you think of the biggest cities like New York, for example, I mean, it's you couldn't have more traffic than there, but it's a thriving met, metropolitan cosmopolitan center, and that's where we really, um, that's where we're getting to. We already are, but that's where it's a, a byproduct of the growth, right? Right. So, and you, you talked about parks, which is something that is also – uh, an amazing new feature of the, or feature of the new downtown, I should say. Tell me a little bit about the um, outdoor spaces, beautification projects and whatnot that are a part of the, the new face of downtown. So one of our big efforts is Baywalk. Um, and what it, most people don't know is that the city of Miami has asked developers to put aside when they develop a new, a new property, either a condo or office or whatever, and it's along either the bay or the river, that they set aside um, a uh, 50 feet that can be used towards a Baywalk public access thing. And there's only about four pinch points left. Which are? Which are, like, if you think about um, underneath 395, where there's, you go from where the old Herald right. property is to where the uh, Perez Art Museum is, that, that that's one of them. Um, another one would be... Um, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, I remember there was a spot, I think, near Intercontinental Hotel, I think, where there was a development that was built prior to the new right. zoning, right? Something like that. But yeah. it, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so what we're doing is working with the property owners to either get temporary access so that we, we can complete that so that it's a, a promenade. It'll be um, about uh, four miles when it's done. And so for those that aren't familiar with the Baywalk, the the the, ba the purpose right like you said is a four mile boardwalk promenade on Biscayne Bay right connecting downtown up to where to Winwood uh, uh, to, not quite that far um, probably um, up to Margaret Pace Park uh, okay right around fifteenth eighteenth and and uh, and Bayshore right right and and then eventually to, to work with some of the developers that are beyond that to to extend that so it's a in conjunction with the city of miami where um you know to make it do do better lighting benches there's other cities that have done it like san antonio and um to actually tampa has a river walk that's quite mm -hmm. nice um <coughs> excuse me um, so, so to make those improvements so that people can go and enjoy the water, we're you know surrounded by water. We want to have the opportunity to do that. Most people don't know though there are several sections that are already open and you can. Oh go, really? Yeah. Wh which are those? So, so around the where the Intercontinental is, uh -huh. and you know you can go around that point uh, in Bayfront Park. Mm -hmm. it, you can physically get to underneath the port bridge it's a little dark there now we're going to uh, light it up light it up and um so our project is you know, get the capital dollars invested in making it a um a really nice amenity mm -hmm. not only for um the tourists that come to the, our town but also for our locals absolutely and i think one of the other um uh, major projects for outdoor and public spaces that uh, i'm personally very excited about is the underline which just had its groundbreaking in the Brickell area, right? Right, and and that is a, a spectacular new green space and um, an amenity that will connect then eventually to the Riverwalk and that you would be able to continue along there. Um, and, and then work with the, the run clubs and other kinds of people to, to get people to discover what's here in their backyard. 
And speaking of the run clubs, I know uh, the DDA organizes the Biscayne Green Initiative, right? Is that what, what tell us about that? So we had um, a, so basically an experiment where we took 101 parking spaces out of commission for a month. And we turned it into a street fair of sorts where we had performances and we had a dog park and, you know, other kinds of amenities. And, you know, instead of focusing the attention on the car using Biscayne Boulevard, we focused on the people using the Biscayne uh, Boulevard. And so we're under a study right now to put well, like a road diet mm-hmm. on Biscayne. Uh, <laughs> and and it, people say, well, what if the traffic will get worse? The traffic, actually, there's a pinch point um, up at the American Airlines Arena where the lanes go down to six lanes from eight lanes. Mm-hmm. So, so th- there's already a, there's only a section of it that has eight lanes. So what if we took one of those lanes and made more uh, public space out of it to... Interesting. So, I, and I think this is all part of the necessary evolution as we get into that more car-less, friendly, and sort of more walkable, outdoor, um, embracing type of uh, the downtown core, right? Right. And so, then let's talk a little bit about what makes downtown Miami the best example of, of live, work, play, I guess, in South Florida, but also uh, generally speaking, in your opinion. Um, you, it's one of the few places you can live without your car. Um, and I think that there are so many things to do. The, the cultural attractions that we were talking about, the number of performances, um, y- with the festivals that come to town, with the book fair was just here. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the Miami Film Festival in uh, March. And so, you know, the, the things just to do within walking or a short, you know, distance on the Metro Mover or whatever, um, the restaurants, there's over 350 restaurants and you know i haven't even been able to try all of them even (laughs) there's so many you'd almost need to go one per day of the year right to to try all of them so and and some of them are so unique in in when i first you know I, i first moved here uh the most unique thing i like los ranchos it's a Nicaraguan one. I, they take all of my Midwestern uh, family out to a Nicaraguan food because they probably haven't had that before. And, sure. And um, now there's so many different choices, Peruvian and Colombian, and, you know, like, what what do you want today, you know? So. Right. So in, in terms – so actually, let's talk about the, the food for a moment. I, the, one of the biggest emergences that we've seen or biggest trends and uh, one of my favorites is this emergence of food halls. Right. And basically, for those that don't know, the, the concept of food hall is essentially like a, a, a centralized, almost like a, a high end food court, if you will. I don't know if that's how they brand it, but it's a central area where you have different rest, restaurants and restaurateurs, let's say, in a space. So when you come in, you have the option to order from different um, different restaurants and then you eat uh, and you sit sort of in the communal space in the center. Right. So um, tell me a little bit about this food hall trend and the emergence and some of the options that downtown Miami has. Well, you know, it, it actually is one of, um, I, I, it's more my daughters that have turned me on to the food hall concept. You know, they're in their 20s, and so, you know, they're, they're like, yeah, Mom, you got to go try this. And um, so 
I, you know, one of the things is not quite a food hall, but the the La Centrale, uh, mm-hmm. the new Italian one at Brickell City Center. That the different options. Well, pasta. I love pasta. So. Right. It's like you sold me a, a pasta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and different. You know, it, it's the, the ability that everybody in your party can have something different, mm-hmm. and yet you come together in a in a communal space. And and I th- I like that. You know. Right. Um, I, I also went, and this is not my district uh, up in Win. it's in Winwood, but the 1-800-LUCKY. I love that, the, the Asian food hall, right? <laughs> right. Um, I, want, I went to go one ni- day and couldn't get in, and the line was so long. And and that's it, actually really cool because in their outdoor garden, they have, you know, sort of the, um, I guess, the Asian authentic sort of very low tables where you sit sort of Indian mm. style and, and, and whatnot. There's also in downtown, I think, at Miami Central, one of the most exciting additions and we haven't talked about yet but they're going to have a major food hall there yes they are and i well i haven't been there yet uh they i don't think they're quite open they're open yet i don't think they're coming soon i and i can't wait um i we took uh you know now you say miami central that reminds me of brightline of course what a great new addition to downtown and you know not just for um you know to go to broward and palm beach county we we took a train up there uh family outing um, just to go have brunch on a Sunday and just the whole atmosphere of Brightline and seeing a part of South Florida that you never have seen before and kids love it you know like they because you know this that's it's a fun experience we we, we did a a Cervera road trip up to Fort Lauderdale a few months back when they first opened and I was so impressed by just the entire when you walk into Miami Central I mean it's it's sort of it's a wow moment. It is a wow moment, and the, the architecture is really great. So I can't wait for the food hall to open there. Yep. Um, uh, they do have. There's a couple of places that have opened recently, but um, I, I'm I'm keeping my finger on the pulse there at <laughs> Miami Central until that opens. Absolutely. So once again, we're talking to Alice Robertson, the one of the foremost figures in in, in Miami and the head of the Downtown Development Authority. We're answering the question here: Why Miami? is the uh, best place to live, work, and play. So to, to come back onto that topic specifically, so in terms of living and, and right now in the city, um, t- tell me a little bit about the residential landscape. I know we just uh, delivered, was it uh, 2,400 uh, rental units in the past year, um, and nearly 6,000 uh, apartments are underway. So what, what's your take on, on the living options? So, so when somebody rents a condo unit, you know, it, it's an individual owner and they have to deal with, um, you know, that particular person, whether they live locally or internationally or whatever. In a conventional unit, they, they have a management company that runs it. And, and the intention is to rent, you mm-hmm. know, and not to, to buy. And so what it does is that actually opens up a number of different price points for people that you can have smaller units and uh, bigger units and you know like there's um, every you know there's a, a bigger diversity of the housing stocks so that it gives more choice to people absolutely and then in terms of if you're living here you're uh, ideally you're working nearby right and in terms of office projects we talked about uh, Miami Central but also in Brickell City Center there's a lot of office space there um, how has the office uh, environment sort of evolved here in downtown? What does it look like today? So I think, you know, traditionally we've we've had, of course, the financial district in Brickell with, you know, the 
with lawyers and um, bankers and hedge funds and other things. One of the things we're trying to do is grow the hedge fund uh, space because um, now with the new uh, federal tax law, there's advantages to why Miami? Well, Miami taxes are less than what you pay in New York, Connecticut, and uh, Los Angeles and other places. So we we have an initiative to go out and try to expand that Brickell office environment with you know uh, more of the financial industry. Um, we are also seeing that uh, when you're that the type of professionals that we have, you know, we're not going to be a manufacturing center. The, you know, the land is too expensive. Mm -hmm. But we are finding that that. It is appealing to s people who live already in an urban environment to be able to walk to work, right. or you know, like that. Is so that you have that ability where you have the residential to go along with the office environment. That's really what's very different than it was, say, 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely, and one of the things that was just recently introduced um, was that uh, the pilot program, right, with the the bird scooters and the yeah. the lime scooters. I'm I'm excited about that as well because I think. I've heard it's a last mile solution, but in theory, you know, to go from your office even a few blocks, like you mentioned in the summer where it's warmer, having that electric scooter option, I think, is fun and uh, practical. Yeah, and that's coming back. They, the, you know, the city uh, voted to to authorize them, so they'll be coming back. Um, I'm hoping that you know there'll be a learning period where people. Of <laughs> you know, this is Miami. <laughs> it is. You know about the drivers here. That's definitely not on the Why Miami uh, list. Right. right. The drivers. <laughs> um, and, and I do think that they add an option. I'm, I particularly don't think I should do it. I'll probably fall down and kill myself. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm sure the, the millennials out there and, you know, uh, all those who are more, um, I guess, thrill seekers, so to speak, might get a kick out of those. Right, and, and I think if we once we identify the rules of the road of, of who, who goes where, because you want to make sure that they're, you know, they're not interfering with pedestrians on the sidewalks, and so you know, like, and that's another thing about sharing the space. You know, like we're, we in Miami have been so car centric, um, since because we're a young city and we mm -hmm. grew up really after World War II is when Miami expanded, and so. The car had already been invented, and you know, so the the types of development we're not so good at sharing with uh, other types of uh, right. Um, that's funny. So then, and lastly, I guess in terms of in the play sector, you um, you mentioned before that there's over a million uh, square feet of new retail space that's been delivered uh, since the recession. I guess one of the best examples of that is Brickell City Center, right? As we as we talked about with the Saks Fifth. They've got the flagship store for Apple, their, um, their, their Miami flagship store, anything else um, in that arena? Oh, the, you mean it, right there at Brickell City Center, um, some of the best views of downtown Miami That's are right. in the hotel uh, in, in East mm -hmm. when you go up to Sugar right. or you go to the uh, restaurant, and I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, Quinta La Huella? Yes, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's great. Um, and, you know, some of the best views of Brickell and Miami, um, it, it also, uh, not to put – you know, you think about Epic also has some some of the vistas. I, I want to do some kind of piece, the vistas, uh, the new vistas of downtown Miami. I love it. And where you could see uh, where um, Brickell looks like a New York scene. Absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, like I think in Brickell City Center, there's the not just the big restaurants, but also they have, you know, little cute like a lobster 
uh, role mm-hmm. place and uh, um, you know garden foods and you know they, it just is there's so many choices there yeah absolutely and and even um, so they also have that Casa Tua food hall there which um, is is uh, another example of that trend and on Sundays I noticed I think it's Sundays and Saturdays they have also a farmers market uh, which is again just another interesting aspect of that family-friendly um, urban core. So la- one of the last things here for you, um, Alice, I guess, tell me, is there, what else is there that uh, is in the pipeline, let's say, for downtown or maybe that you're most excited about it coming into next year and, and looking ahead at, at future years? What are you most excited about with downtown? Well, I, this the Baywalk thing, I have to go back to that because I think that's going to be a, a, a something that is going to, we're going to have people drawn to the area just to do that experience. We get about 50,000 people in downtown for uh, New Year's Eve. Wow. Um, imagine if you could all along the Bay Walk, you know, s- put up your chair or, you know, watch the fireworks from there. And, and I think ma- lighting it and making it and getting people to understand how special of, of a local environment we have. Um, Biscayne Bay is, uh, y- you know, when you look at how beautiful our our physical um, local um, environment is mm-hmm. that that enjoying that and being able to have everybody whether you live on the water or you live five miles in inland or wherever that you can come and enjoy the water absolutely so then I guess final thoughts uh, Alice for our listeners our viewers um, tell us uh, uh, why downtown oh because it has everything. <laughs> <laughs> Simply put, less is more. I, I love it. So why uh, downtown live, work, play? That's what we were talking about here today. I think we, we solved that. I think we addressed that and we answered it. I personally live, work, and play here in downtown, so I believe in, in everything that you said. Thank you so much for coming in. I hope that you had a, uh, a nice time. I hope you'll come back. Um, thank you for being our first in the new newsroom studio. And um, just thank you for everything that you and the the DDA do. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we certainly enjoyed making it. We hope you will come back. We've got some more great content dedicated to informing, intriguing, and inspiring Miami real estate professionals. Where can you find us? We're on the podcast store, wherever podcasts are available. That's iTunes, of course. We're also on Podbean, Spotify. Audible, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can even ask Alexa about us. Go ahead and visit Cervera.com slash blog. That's where our newsroom is located. We've got some more great content there as well, market reports, and more. You can sign up for our newsletter there. Connect with us on social at CerveraRE or send us an email, Miami Real Estate Podcast at Cervera.com. We would love to hear from you. So from all of us here in Miami, where the future is always bright, until next time.